This is the OKest Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks, because that's just meat in the freezer. It's your tag, you hunt how you want. This is OKest Hunter. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? I feel like it's always so loud. The volume audio control stuff here is all out of whack. And it's not my equipment's fault. It's probably my fault. So I apologize if it sounds like I'm yelling at you, but I'm just trying to get over the background music. Anyway, welcome to the OKS Hunter podcast coming at you from Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. I'm in the studio by myself, and you would think I'm drinking by myself, but I do have a guest on the other end here that I'll bring on in just a second. So uh, our goal will be to get him to pour a glass of bourbon or scotch, even though he said he doesn't want to. We'll just be a really bad influence on him tonight. <clears throat> so get ready to do that. The phone lines will be open. You can call in to the, to the show if you're watching live on uh, you know, Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or wherever you're watching it. Um, YouTube and Facebook are good places to... If you're on Instagram, I can't see the comments because the phone's like a mile away. <clears throat> but the other outlets it shows up on my screen here, so that's great. Anyway... Shout out to Half Rack, half-rack.com. They are our presenting, they are our presenting sponsor. And uh, we just wrapped up our first season, season one of the OKS Hunter Show. Season one was called We'll See How It Goes. And it went. We got nine episodes out of the, our first season of that. So you can check it out on Carbon TV and or YouTube. And you'll notice Half Rack is our sponsor uh, for that too. So we be uh, getting all their gear out in the field here soon as we horizon uh come to the rise on turkey season here so derek's not here because he's trying to figure out where birds are roosting greg's got some stuff going on at home uh he's a busy guy right now so they left me here in the studio by myself it was uh super nice guys i can't believe they come here every tuesday feels weird without him anyway so that's what we got going on there if you want to get a discount on half rack i highly recommend you use our code ohp that's oscar Hilo papa in the uh what was that the phonetic alphabet so that'll save you some money there. And uh, we got Latitude Outdoors, who we, uh, we were talking last week about using the saddle to turkey hunt, which I guess some people do that. Uh, we were talking about some other things with Latitude also, but uh, again, Code OHP is going to save you some money there. It's LatitudeOutdoors.com. Shout out to Spartan Forge. We were just, uh, one of our episodes on the OKS Hunter show, we were, we were talking about Spartan Forge on uh, the episode where I got my buck and the episode before that. And... Uh, our buddy Matt Strine, who does the fishing podcast, the OKS Fisher podcast, which just told us today that he converted over from uh, OffX to uh, Spartan Forge. So he's pretty thrilled about it. And they have a lot of features on their product roadmap that are just going to, honestly, they'll probably knock your socks off. It's, it's pretty wild how fast and nimble those guys can be with bringing things to production through their DevOps channel for pipe. Um, Method Archery, I got to get new arrows for my new bow. I got to get myself set up here sooner than later because I got uh, 3D archery stuff coming up. So Foam Fest planning has officially begun. Stay tuned for that. That'll be the end of August. But other than that, we're going to do a couple other 3D events that I'll just attend. And uh, our good friends at Go Wild, I just put an article out yesterday <clears throat> about the issues with the hunting community and uh, social media being one of the issues that we perceive and how Go Wild really, as a social media platform to some degree, doesn't have those issues. So a uh, huge shout out to those guys. 
you can you can uh, you know log time against the podcast there. Whether it's this one, Up Duck, which is their new one, the OKS Fisher, and uh, when you do that, you'll actually earn points. So I encourage you to do that. And when you earn those points, they can be redeemed for a monetary you know cash discount on merchandise, products, gear. They have a lot of SKUs. If that's the technical term over there. There's a lot of stuff you can buy on their on their site and platform, and you can see how other people are using it. If it's been ref- like rated, but not some arbitrary bullshit rating like you'd see on Amazon, it's like legitimate other outdoorsmen and hunters, anglers, and so forth. So definitely check those guys out. Uh, code OHP across the board will save you cash on all of our partner sites. So again, use that to your advantage uh, as best you can. And uh, I'll probably stop blabbing now. I don't think I have any like general updates. <sighs> Do I? No. Our gun sleeves are on our site. I can't advertise them because the word gun is in there. So then I thought we'd call it the pew pew sleeve. Um, or I would just ask people like, what would you put in this giant sock? <laughs> and <laughs> I'm, out of, I'm out of breath because I just got done with a, a short run. I decided to run before the show. So I'm like wheezing over here. It's not because of weed and whitetails. That, that was a fake thing. That was April Fool's. Just... Making sure everyone is clear on that. What's up, Paul? <laughs> you know, what are you going to put in this giant sock? Uh, that made me laugh <laughs> out loud. I, that was that. Was, I, I don't know why that was so funny. I got to find way Eric, creative ways around that, that stuff. Yeah, dude, I'm glad you're here. You know, we we uh, I think you and I are in the same wavelength of energy or something. It's not a lot of guys I can rub up on his man tits at uh, ATA. <laughs> In front of some coats, some business coats, and and get a laugh out of them. Oh man, that was good. What a what a moment! I'll I'll never forget that. And that's that's exactly how how it happened. You came down, you you walked by, I pointed at you, you grabbed my man breast, laughed, and just kept right on walking. And uh, the guys that I was talking to were like, "Do do you know him? I'm like, never seen him in my life." No, I have no idea. That guy. Not gonna acknowledge that. <laughs> yeah, I touched it with a ten foot pole. Oh, good stuff, man. Well, how's that for an intro? Uh, I grabbed your man tits, and you're on our podcast, so things got weird pretty quick. And that's what we do here. You know, I so I I like to, you know, for me when I when I do a podcast, you know, if it's the the O2 podcast, or the Andrew Monts, or the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast, a lot of times the the name of the episode will happen during the episode. And if this episode isn't giant socks and man tits, I I, oh I don't God. know what I don't know what it's gonna be. I'll have so. to make that the subtitle. I gotta like go easy on the internet <laughs> for people that don't know who the hell we are. But for those that don't know who the hell you uh, are, um, you're you're known to me and and a lot of the community. But just give us a quick high level overview, your elevator pitch of who uh, Paul Campbell is. Yeah, so I I'm just a I'm just a dude that likes to hunt turkeys. That's the the number one thing that that I like to do uh, in in the woods. I am a co-host of the the Ohio Outdoors podcast, the O2 podcast, like I said, with Andrew Muntz, uh, and also Dan Johnson, uh, our dear buddy, talked me into uh, running a turkey hunting podcast, also on the Sportsman's Empire, the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast. So I do that, uh, which has been a, a ton of fun. That just started uh, the first week of January. I've got a website that, uh, and I, I guess a brand, I really don't know what, what you want to call it yet, Eric. Uh, turkeyseason.com uh, is, is a new site. It went live beginning of March of 2023. That's been a lot of fun. So, man, my life, I work for the National Wild Turkey Federation. You know, my life revolves around the wild turkey 365 days a year. So very, very fortunate in that regard. Yeah, I don't think there's a time I, I don't think there's a time I haven't talked to you where you've brought up turkeys or turkey hunting and i'm like dude and you're like sorry sorry i i you know everything's about turkey hunting like i feel like i do that with deer hunting obviously with all the meme clips that we put out like i feel like i can apply anything to deer hunting and i think you're probably the same when it comes to turkey 
So I thought it'd be fun to just kind of pick your brain about the stuff people don't know about turkeys or don't commonly hear about turkeys or turkey hunting or the turkey hunting industry or like the habitat and so forth. Like I, I found some, I had chat GTP generate a couple, like tell me things I don't know about turkeys. And I think people do know these things. Maybe it's less common, but like, what is it? Uh, uh, gobblers pooping a, a J shape and hens pooping a spiral shape. Is that, yeah. a, is that, that's a yeah. thing, right? Isn't that weird? Do you know why? No, that is a thing. Yeah, that's absolutely a thing. So, I when 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 you when you gave me the idea, I want to know about things that you know weird things that the the turkey hunter or people don't know about wild turkeys. I I created kind of like a Jeopardy style game, just that uh, if you'll indulge me, we'll we'll have fun. So, uh, so you and I will do it. I'm 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 bummed out that my buddy Greg's not here. Um, so Greg, this first question is for you. I want you to answer at home while you're listening to this. Uh, but Eric, feel 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 free to chime in here. All right, so so this is a multiple choice question. Uh, the cloaca of a wild turkey, the cloaca, is what? Multiple choice. A, both male and female reproductive organ. Where the eggs come from. Uh, C, the turkey's butthole. Or D, all of the above. Eric, I think it's answer? the butthole. That sounds like a butthole to me, if I ever heard one. So it is D, all of the above. Reproductive <laughs> organs, right. where the eggs come from, and a butthole. And it's it's like the do all hole for a wild turkey. So that is a, a, a cloaca. So I just I actually just learned this uh, that that the reason that the the poop is shaped differently is that like the cloaca on a turkey or on, on a hen is larger because the they produce the eggs. So their poop is just uh, it's easier to come out. I guess those we all know the toms are I guess tight assed literally and figuratively. It's like throwing so, a hot dog down. There you the go. So true or false. What's that? It's like throwing a hot dog down a hallway. Oh, hot dog. That is absolutely true. So here, here, so here we go. True, true or false, Eric? Uh, Benjamin Franklin wanted the wild turkey to be the symbol of the United States. He, true or false? Uh, shoot, what, who is it that said that? Who would you say it was in your question? Ben, Benjamin Franklin. Ah, uh, I can't remember if it was Benjamin Frank, Franklin or Whoa. someone else, but someone did want the turkey to be the i think that's true oh look at this yeah. so so it is it is benjamin it is benjamin franklin but but it was false ben franklin never actually said that he wanted the wild turkey to be the the symbol he just didn't like the eagle as the symbol so of the so so it, it's it's funny he actually called the eagle a rank coward and said that the eagle was so lazy that it would let other animals kill something and it would wait in a tree, a dead tree of all things, and then swoop in and steal the and steal the food. And he said that a wild turkey was so brave that it would that if, if a red coat entered your farmyard, he'd run him out of there. So that's kind of cool. So he didn't actually advocate and say, yes, the wild turkey should be. He just said that he liked the wild turkey better. Semantics, I guess you pull it off the Benjamin Franklin historical website. That's where that came from. So uh, we'll do we'll do two more. If you're with me, Eric, one oh, yeah. of them's yep. going to be pretty hard. I don't think anyone's going to get it. Um, so give me a range, a number. How many or vocalizations can wild turkeys make? Uh, like, it's got to be quite the range, huh? Like, I think it's got to be like a number. I like, just learned I'm this just gonna, today. I'm going to make up a number. I'm going to have 58. That's pretty good. 29. 29 is the, the current number. Uh, the the biologists say a wild turkey can make turkeys whistle, which is just I I mean I've never heard it. Uh, one one of the vocalizations that 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 male turkeys will make that that if you're really close to them drumming, 
and it's almost like this uh it's like a it's a sound you can feel and i know that sounds ridiculous but it's it's so deep that you can like feel it in your chest when they're that close that's a really it's a really neat sound so it's hopefully like, you'll get to experience that uh do you remember back in the day when everyone had like subwoofers in their back seat or their trunk and you could you could really feel the music I feel like I want to. Yeah, that's like, exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get in one of those cars and jam out to turkey sounds and just see if I can really feel the turkey in, in my chest. <laughs> just, you know, that loud music probably, yeah, loud music probably get in the gobble. So here we go. This is the toughest question uh, of the night, Eric. The wild turkey beards are made out of what? A, hair. B, magic. C, coarse feathers. D, the tears of turkey hunters. Uh, well, I mean, I think C is probably the correct answer, but I want to go with B because it sounded funny. Magic. Yeah, no. Correct answer is C. You got it. I thought that would be the hardest one. Yeah, they're just it's just feathers. It's just it's this coarse plumage uh, of wild turkeys. Both male and females uh, can have coarse beards. plumage. So there you go. That's the, that's a, a term I've yeah. never heard. Plumage before. Plumage. I think it's only like in the bird world. Maybe I guess mm. I don't know. I yeah, play feathers. Plumage. Do you ever play uh, Wordle? Have you played this game on the internet? Oh gosh, my wife and I got sucked into that back when it, you know, first got really popular. What is that? Like 2021 maybe, 2022. Played it every day. I haven't I haven't played that game in probably a year, but I know I'm very familiar with it. My my family, my wife's family and us and my my dad's side and us, we have a group chat going for just wordles. And so every day we do it. Like every day it's like the morning you start to send that through and like some of the words, I feel like plumage is not five letters so it wouldn't make the cut on that, but it's words like that that piss me off. I'm like, this isn't a word that I've ever heard before. This isn't, nope. there's no way I would ever have known no this. No one uses that word. Plumage? Come on. I mean, this is lexicon you, you were You were fine with, you were flying, fine with cloaca, but not plumage. <laughs> yeah, cloaca's we pretty, pretty, that's a tongue twister. No, the, the, turkeys are really strange animals. I'll, I'll, you know, I just, they're, they're, no offense. I think, I think they're, um, oops, I didn't mean to do that. I think they're ugly. <laughs> I I do. I don't know why. They're not pretty animals. They got turkey stones to digest their food. They have beards. They have coaglas. They poop in different shapes. They they make, what would you say, 20, 29 different sounds. They're just a really strange. I feel like they are dinosaurs. And one of the things that I learned on last week's episode is that a group of turkeys is referred to as rafters, which I thought was raptors, like the dinosaur, because they're like dinosaurs. Um but it really was rafters, and it, I, I looked into it after the podcast, and it was because when people, like, farmers were building, you know, like, barns and outhouse, not outhouse, outbuildings, like, all these turkeys would end up in the rafters to roost to, like, save, you know, be safe from predation. And uh, so they'd be like, look at all these rafters up here. So that's a fun fact. That's the one I'm bringing to the table today, which is a continuation from, from last year. That's that is a good that is a good term. That's and that's one that I mean I've been hunting turkeys for for a while now. It just within the last couple of years, I always called them a flock, and I still call them a flock. If I if I was driving around with my turkey hunting buddies, I'm like, hey, look at that rafter of turkeys in the field. They wouldn't know what the hell I was talking about. So, yeah, we'll stick with flock. Flock is good. Yeah, there's all these other terms like flocked up, hand yeah. hand up, locked down. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of terms like with deer and turkey that you get into these niche topics and it's a rabbit hole that goes so deep. And I think, I mean, yeah. look at your background. You got, you got turkey fans all up in there. You're, you're in that world as deep as I think anybody can be. 
Um, you already killed a bird, didn't you? Let's talk about your bird that you got. I I did, yeah. I, I killed my first Osceola turkey uh, this year in March, uh, which was really really exciting. Um, and and just to kind of to to back up, yeah, yeah, sorry, uh, you know you. about 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 wild turkeys being ugly. Um, you were gonna let that. Is, you were gonna get away with that. <laughs> no, 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 def, definitely not. Because it it is it is funny. They're you know like if you look at their heads, they're hideous. Right. I mean, they're they're bumpy. They're knobby. They got all you know, this weird flap of skin off the front of their nose. Um, and then, and you know, it might be all white at one moment. But then you see them if you're if you're hunting them in, in the spring and you have a really close you know, encounter with them, you know, while they're still alive uh, and their heads change from blue, red, white, and blue, multicolor to all white or all red. It's it's really it's really fascinating that they do that. And, and there's no other animal. It's like, they're like a chameleon in, in that sense that, you know, the way that they regulate their, you know, the color of their face, their snood, that little fleshy flabby piece of skin on the end of their nose, you know, they can fill that with blood and stick it straight up in the air. They are incredibly weird creatures. I will give you that. Um, they're as, as frustrating as any animal or any, any creature I've ever been around. Um, but the iridescence on the Turkey, you know, when, when, and I think when, when you shoot a turkey, you have 60 seconds to, to get up there, put your hands on it, and really see up close like the colors that they have in their head before it starts to fade. And it starts to fade just immediately as soon as they die. You know, when that life is leaving and the colors just start to change. But when if, if, if you run up there as soon as you shoot a turkey and you, and you will just look at them and the colors that they have, the iridescence on their feathers, it's like they're just greased up, oiled. They're really beautiful. But damn, those heads are ugly when they're when they're, when they're all white, you know. So I will I will give you that. And they're scaly little feet. I got a couple feet hanging back here. They're just yeah, they look like little dinosaurs for sure. So um, got me all fired up there, Eric. Consult my bird. Yeah, yeah. I figured I'd do that, and I figured it would. Uh... No, but I, but I agree. Their feathers, that iridescence that you're talking about, like there's enough photos on the internet from people posting, content creators, influencers, stock image sites, like. That is a very attractive thing. And, and those feathers, when you find them in nature, it's always such a cool find. You find a big old turkey feather. Like you can't, like I, I, oddly enough, the, the deer uh, over my shoulder, the, the wide guy here that I got this past season, we were blood trailing him. And before we found him, we, we, I was like, oh, look, a turkey feather. I'm like, oh, oh shit, there's blood. Like there's, this deer's blood is on the turkey feather. <clears throat> so that was like a oh, really wow. cool collection of a turkey feather because it literally has the blood of my deer on it. Um, that was a neat that that turkey feather means more to me than literally any other turkey feather for obvious reasons, but they're all really cool to come across. And like I I don't know, I feel like my dad growing up he always had a turkey feather in his uh, visor in his truck, you know, hanging out as decor in the vehicle, because he'd always be in the woods hiking and scouting, and he'd always come across these feathers. Yeah, that's a really that's a really neat story, man. The the blood on the turkey feather, and you know it's. Every time I find a feather in the woods, I pick it up. If it's a turkey, I, I, every time I got, I mean, I got, I got, I got them laying all over the place. One thing that's really neat on the, on their wing feathers, when, when they, um, when, when a turkey's in full stride, they'll put their, they'll put their flight feathers out and they'll drag them on the ground. Well, when they do that, they, they put flat spots on the, on the, on the tips, hmm. on the first couple 
couple feathers, which is which is really neat. I got a I got some turkeys dry, and I need to. I wish I would have brought a wing in. I could show you. It's 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 really cool. But man, they are just they they are they are cool critters. They're a ton of fun to chase, man. They're a ton of fun to go to battle with, and uh, I I enjoy every minute of it. So, so the Osceola, the Osceola that you got, what help help me understand because I'm pretty bad geographically geographically as it is, but there there's different colorations and species of turkey based on their geographic location. And I know that there's a number of people that try to do like the Grand Slam or things of that nature. Um, is that something that you've achieved or done before? Yeah, so there, there are here, here in this, in this country, we've got, uh, we've got five subspecies of wild turkey. So we've got Easterns, which are east of the Mississippi. We've got Osceolas, which are just in the state of Florida. And they're not even in the entire state of Florida. We've got Rio Grands, which are kind of that Southwest, Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arizona area. We've got Merriam's turkeys, uh, which are your Dakotas uh, down in Idaho and, and, and you kind of like the, the Western bird. And then we've got Goulds, which, uh, primarily in Mexico, they do come up into Arizona and, and New Mexico. So those are the, the five subspecies that we have the most prevalent. There's a sixth, which is, uh, just in, uh, I think it's the Yucatan peninsula or just in this, this section of Mexico. And that's the only place that, that this animal, uh, that this Turkey resides. And they, they're kind of like a cross between, a peacock and a turkey hmm. uh they're they're pretty wild man they're pretty pretty cool looking critters but um so so yeah the i have not done my grand slam i've just got osceolas and easterns now uh i've got the potential to do a one-year grand slam uh this year I'm, I'm trying to make that happen uh so we'll see so the the grand slam for for the deer hunters out there that's the four main subspecies on uh of, of turkeys here so the easterns osceolas rio grands uh and merriam's your Royal Slam is those four plus a Goulds. Your World Slam is the five plus an Oscillated. So those are those are kind of your your slams that uh, that a lot of turkey hunters get um, get all worked up about. So do you think any one of those is like harder to hunt than another, or is it relative? Like it might be hard because it's hot, or because the terrain is tricky. I don't. Do you think like the any particular bird is harder to like call or hunt, or is it more just based on the circumstances and the terrain that you're in? You know, that's, that's a good question. And, you know, I, I last year I was in 28 States talking about wild turkeys and, and it's funny because everyone thinks that their turkeys are harder to hunt. I hear it all the time. Alabama turkey, hardest turkey, yeah. public land, Ohio turkeys, hardest turkey, yeah. Merriam's in Montana, the hardest turkey's not. Every turkey that I've hunted, I mean, the Florida turkeys, I thought were, you know, I was hunting for the first couple of days in the Everglades in the middle of a freaking swamp. It's 90 degrees out. There's bears, there's panthers, there's snakes everywhere. There's giant spiders. It's hot. I'm walking 15 miles every day. That's hard, right? Hunting that turkey is hard. Um, it's this, and you know, I, like I look at guys that are hunting, hunting turkeys out in South Dakota right now and there's five feet of snow on the ground. They're trudging <laughs> through that. So that, so that that's hard. That's a layer. So I think that, I think that it definitely depends on the terrain that you're hunting. Um, James, congratulations on your first turkey. Definitely, uh, definitely depends on the terrain that you're hunting. I think that really impacts the, you know, the level of difficulty. If you're hunting like, like really, really highly pressured turkeys, um, 
public land, I think, you know, that definitely creates, you know, creates a layer of, of, of stress, uh, for, for the hunter. And, but you're going to have those, those, those environmental factors in all 49 States that have turkeys. I talked to a guy that went out to hunt turkeys in Hawaii for the first time. He said he'd never seen public land that pressured. Wow. So that's something that, yeah. And that's something that you don't think about until you get there. You're like, well, like, it's freaking Hawaii. It's a ton of money to go hunt a turkey in Hawaii. There's going to be that many people. He said he'd never seen that much pressure. And this is a guy that hunts all over the country. He's never seen that much pressure, you know, on, on public land turkey. So I think a turkey is a turkey is a turkey. I think when you add in those other environmental factors, that's what makes it different. That's what makes it, you know, that what makes an Alabama public bird more more difficult to hunt than, you know, a Wisconsin public land bird because, but it's, you know, it's just there's a ton of people doing it. You know, maybe the land is different. I don't know, man. That's such a people get really upset when you're like, no, nah, your turkeys aren't any different than the turkeys in, you know, Illinois. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, they are. These North Carolina turkeys are smarter than you. I'm like, well, it's probably true, but I don't <laughs> know, man. It's, it's a, I think it's definitely terrain. It's definitely pressure. All these other things, all these environmental uh, things that we can't control that, that, that equate to, you know, the, the, the change, the difficulty. Yeah. That's logical. You know, that's kind of like that with deer too. And oh, these deer are harder than those deer. And I think the environmental factors and the terrain and the, and the climate, those things all factor into it in a way that, you know, you would believe that it's the animal itself, but it's all those other things. And those animals act differently in those environments. Like if it's really hot, like water is a high priority, you know, for everybody, you, yourself as a hunter, the bird, the, the deer, whatever it is you're hunting, like hydration is going to be a critical factor versus up here. It's like, meh, it's pretty mild, you know, in September, it's not super hot. It's not, there's food everywhere. I mean, th then that makes it hard to hunt because you can't zero in on anything. Like there's just different different things. What I think I will enjoy as I uh, continue to evolve into turkey hunting or a turkey hunter, because it's something that I'm going to pursue in, in some capacity here, is the fact that I don't have to play the scent control game at all, and uh, that right. makes me feel enthused because that stuff's a pain in the ass, man. <laughs> like trying to assume where a deer are going to come from based on where they're bedding, where they're trying to intercept them from food to bed, bed to food, and then figuring out the wind. You can't access it this way, that day, that way, this day. You got to change your entry points, your exit points, and you got to deal with like ozone and dirt spray and whatever, all that stuff, which by the way, probably never matters anyways, because human BO is human BO. Like a deer's nose is a thousand times better than a freaking bloodhound's or whatever it is. Like you're not going to outplay their nose. Turkeys though, they're, they're, um, secret weapon is their eyesight, right? It's like, is it, is it, is it movement and like picking apart patterns or is it mostly movement? Like, what is it with them that their eyesight is so damn good that you can't move with those things? You know, I, it, if, if a, if a turkey could smell half as good as a deer, you'd never kill one. You'd never see it. Um, their, their secret weapon, man, their eyesight is, it is amazing. So I think with the turkey, you can fool their sense of sound. I mean, we're calling to them, right? They're yep. coming into that. You can fool their sense of, of sight with a, they'll come into a piece of plastic that looks like a turkey, right? Decoys, uh, nine fingers. Dan has, has uh, said that, that he called, he shot a turkey that came in to, to jump on top of a plastic bag that was a, a trash bag that was st stuck on a corn stalk. Um, so, so you can fool their sense of sight in the sense that like, if it looks like a turkey, they'll, they'll come in. If, if you move, they're going to see you and they're going to turn around and, and, and run away. There's no question about it. 
Um, I, I had someone tell me one time, uh, you know, a deer will look at something that moves and say, what is that? Cause they want to confirm stand there. what is that? Yeah. They want to, then they, yeah. they'll try to wind you and yeah. Yeah. A turkey will see something move and they say, what was that as they're running away? So they try to figure that out as they're running away. They're as skittish of an animal as, 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 as you can be. So, you know, they, they will come in and if, if they sense that something isn't right, if it's, um, if it's a shape, it's, if it's a pattern, if it's a slight movement, they don't sit there and think about, well, I want to see what this is. They just run. And they may not run far, but they're going to run far enough away that you can't shoot them. And they do it so fast. It's 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 amazing how fast a how fast a turkey turkey is when they're when they're getting out of there. Um, so I think that you know, like the turkey, the the Osceola that I, that I shot, I had good cover on my right. I had good cover in front of me. I had this little tiny window uh, to my left that was open that I just didn't have any 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 cover there. I'm like, ah, you know, the turkey's not going to come in this anyway. I absolutely did. It came right over my left shoulder, 15 feet from me. And as soon as he got to that point that he could see into that little, uh, you know, that little spot, and I wasn't moving at all. He booked out of there because he, I still shot him because he saw something that he didn't like. He saw, you know, just my outline. He saw my, you know, my face. He didn't see my face, but, you know, 20 seconds before he walked out into this little open field in the Cypress Swamp, my friend Clyde and I were talking full volume. That turkey gobbled. The first time he gobbled, he was 30 yards from us. So that turkey could absolutely hear us. But he didn't associate the sounds of our voice with danger. But he associated like that weird outline of my Sasquatch ass curled up on the on the <laughs> ground. Didn't like it and took off. So, man, they 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 trust their sense of sight. I think you'll way more than they do their their sense of sound for sure. Yeah, which is kind of cool. I mean, we uh we have the the Up Duck podcast now, which is two upland guys and a duck hunter, and they all train dogs and do dog stuff and. The thing about this is switching gears only a little bit to come back to a, a point that is related is like duck hunting. People are like cooking eggs in the blind and brewing coffee. And and I feel like you, yeah. got, you got deer where you got to be super stealthy and mindful of that nose and the wind and vision to some degree. Turkeys, super stealthy around vision and, and like camouflage and being still. And then you got ducks <laughs> and then you can cook eggs and brew coffee. And I'm just like, man, yeah. the spectrum of like letting the reins loose a little bit and be able to, to, to yammer and talk and whatever. Obviously, I don't think you're going to be doing that in the turkey woods. You're not going to be trying to have a dialogue, you know, with, amongst another hunter. But obviously, you're going to do that with, with calls and turkeys and, and so forth. You know, Matt Strime, um, I'm wearing his, his, his hat, um, this Weathered Oaks hat. He's, uh, he makes these calls. We got a couple here. He, I think you have one of the double-sided ones. And he had a good point. I the, do. Yeah, it's a good call. It's a loud call. He had it at the trade show, and I was like, holy shit. Um, but he, he said on the podcast last week, like, turkey hunting is an un, it's, it's defying nature. It's unnatural because these, you know, gobblers are really trying to be the dominant bird and, and like, you know, puff their chest and shake their feathers and get the females to come to them. He said, you know, as a hunter, you're, we're trying to co coax females to come in to other females and, yeah. uh, and then hope the gobbler follows that or get the gobbler to follow into a female call uh, or like a hen call. And he said, normally the hens go to the gobblers. That's how nature works. So that was kind of a neat point when you consider calling to these animals. Like, yeah. it is challenging already. And then you add in the, this consideration that it's unnatural or you're defying nature. And it's no wonder it's so damn hard to get these animals to, to call in, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a neat... 
it's a neat thing to 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 go to battle. And and man, I've I've called turkeys where that you know they hit the ground, you know, out of the out of the out of the roost, and they they come running. And so whatever like safeguard they have to say, oh, this hen's going to come to me. They just you know I I had a conversation with with Parker McDonald from the Southern Ground Hunting, and uh, you know I always say like people say, oh, what are we looking for? What kind of turkey? We're we're looking for the turkey that's willing to die. Today. That's the turkey that we're looking for. And man, there, there are times in the woods where, you know, you'll hit a call once or twice scratching leaves and they come in because they're ready to die. You know, they're a little reckless, you they're know, ready we're looking to do, they're the ready to do something turkey. else, but then, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's another, yeah. it's so, a different, it's a different so, and, and then, Yeah. And then there's those times that, man, you really just got to like, you're going, you're going back and forth with them, you know, because you, know, you got a Tom that is sitting on that spot. That's where he wants to be. He wants to sit there and strut and gobble and drag his feathers and drum and do all that good stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, it's neat, uh, that, that we can, you know, we can, we can trick them on occasion, you know, and, and, and get them to, you know, to, to come in and say hi. So, but yeah, it is, it is, it is a challenge for sure. What do you love about it? about it most like there's and this is gonna be a hard one for you to answer i think because i think you love everything about it by the sounds of it but i'm just curious like what turned you on to turkey hunting so deep that you gave up deer hunting for turkey hunting to some degree and that you're so obsessed with this like what is it what is the the quintessence of turkey hunting for you that like really gets your blood pumping yeah that's that's a that's a good question man so so to, to, to answer that, we really got to kind of kind of dive back into to my history in my mid-20s. So I, I did not grow up in a hunting family. Uh, my, my grandfather hunted in West Virginia. I never met him. He died in the mid-70s. My dad, you know, hunted as a kid, but didn't, you know, just didn't do it as an adult, didn't teach me. Um, so fast forward to, to 2008, my dad had just died. Uh, for those of us are the, that are old enough to remember, the economy was absolutely trash. I was working on the golf courses. I, I was a superintendent for years, and I couldn't keep a job. Everyone was laying people off. I mean, golf was really struggling. And, man, I was, I was just – Eric, I was drinking a ton. My life was in absolute free fall. And I was just struggling, man. I was struggling like a lot of other people in this country uh, at, at that time. And so my, my best friend, Kenny Keaton, we grew up together, known each other since kindergarten. Uh, he was like, Hey man, you want to go Turkey hunting? And, uh, my response was the hell's a Turkey, like a, a wild Turkey. Like that's a thing. Like people hunt turkeys in the woods, like with guns, like what, what are you talking about? He's like, Oh yeah, it's great. You got to try it. So, you know, I, I, I borrow a shotgun. Um, I bought my, I bought the cheapest camo that you could get at Walmart. And it's like this, you know, $10 a shirt, $10 a pair of pants. It's like super hot cotton, you know, and, and they go out and I get this, this little tiny Primo's power crystal it was the first straight call I ever bought. It's a little pot call. It's got uh, like crystal call. And, uh, and so I, I get this call and, and with pot calls, you have to scratch the surface. Right. And I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't know that. So, you know, at the time YouTube wasn't, if it was around, I wasn't using it. Um, you know, the, 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 the availability of like learning and information was not as easy to find in 2008. So for two weeks, I tried to figure out how to, how to get this call to run. I couldn't get it to work. So I, I take it back to the store, this little store in McConnellsville, Ohio that I bought it from. I said, Hey man, the, you know, the guy around the store, say, hey man, I, I bought this turkey call. It doesn't work. And, uh, he's like, you turkey hunt? I'm like, Oh yeah. 
I've never turkey hunted in my life. This is like March, right? Just reach in your pocket and pull it over. He's like, you like turkey hunting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I do it all the time. And he's just like, you like turkey calling? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need this. I need this. I need a call. It's broken. And he takes it out, and he sees right through me. He's like, this guy, this this kid's an idiot. And he's like, I'm going to show you something. He scratches it up, and he starts he starts yelping on this thing. And he's like, you know, this, this call can't, came with sandpaper. You got to scratch the surface with the sandpaper. It'll start working if you do that. So I take this call and I was like the Homer Simpson meme, man. I take that call and I just like back out of the store, like back into the bushes as <laughs> slow as I could, you know, it was just like it just disappear, you know. And, and, and so, you know, a couple of weeks later, man, the, the season starts here in Ohio. And uh, Kenny and I, we go out on that first day. It's pissing rain out, man. Didn't hear anything. Second day, same thing. It's cold, rainy miserable we're all over these public lands in ohio third day we get out and we finally hear a turkey gobble and something in my mind and my heart and whatever man it just it just changed like right there when i heard that it was close enough that like i could really experience it and it shook me to my core and at that moment i was like i have to see this animal i have to shoot this animal i have to like put my hands on this animal like i i, I have to like i have to kill this turkey i have to I killed a turkey for three years from that moment. Three, it took me three years before I killed my first turkey. And at that time, man, my life was so just, just chaotic, man. And the economy was chaotic. I had a small child and I was really struggling at the time. Turkey hunting gave me something that gave my life purpose at that moment. And it was something like during the summer of that year, I would go out and I'm just sitting in the woods, man. I listen to the turkeys yelping in the trees and every once in a while they got one. I'm just, I'm just in the woods, you know? And it was, it was an outlet. It was, it was a stress reliever. It was something that, that there was a community of other people that liked to do this thing that I was trying to figure out how to do. Um, and so, so turkey hunting for me is, 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 is deeply personal um, because of what it did for me at that time. And I was in a hole, man. I honest to God, man, I don't know if I ever would have gotten out of uh, if, if it wasn't for this damn bird. And, and, and the pursuit of hunting them. So, you know, I've, I've dedicated my personal life and my professional life to, to furthering, you know, the, 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 the conservation of the wild turkey and, and, and bringing more people into this pursuit and, and doing everything that I can to, to highlight wild turkeys in a positive light, to highlight turkey hunters in a positive light, to make sure that for generations after me, man, after I'm gone, you know, my kids, grandkids, great, great, whatever it is, man, that we can still uh, enjoy this pursuit and that it's still, uh, it's still special to people. And, and, and kind of protect it, but promote it at the same time. So, um, you know, that's, that's why I like it so much. I did not expect that as an answer. That's, uh, deeply personal. Like you had said, I, that's, um, that's yeah. how I feel about deer hunting. And so I don't, I, I feel bad that I was just telling you how ugly turkeys were. <laughs> And, and no, and, and, they are ugly. Those, but, those heads are gross. You make man. them sound like a beautiful bird after that explanation. And uh, that pursuit is, is wild. And the fact that you're at NWTF and, and like furthering their mission and cause and kind of uh, protecting the heritage. Wh what have you seen on the on the population side? We, we, you know, we're running ads on Facebook and we happen to have an ad running with our our no Jake or uh, Jake break sticker. I think I have. I'll throw it on the screen here. So anyone watching. This particular sticker, the Jake break, which we think is like funny, like no Jake break. It's your take. It's your hunt. Like, you know, if you see a yep. break, no breaks. Just just shoot the Jake. Like what, whatever. Right. It's just a funny thing because that's how we are. We try to yeah. like really, uh, you know, be contrasting against things to, to tease out the real mission. And some guy on socials like, wow, that's a pretty uh, stupid ad to be promoting shooting Jake's because the population is in perils. And I'm like, is it? 
in perils? Yeah. Like, is it is it detrimental? Yeah. Like, is it on the brink of extinction? Let's, what are you talking let's, about? Yeah, let's 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 talk about that. Let's talk to that guy to specifically. And I have really strong feelings about this. And and I want to preface what I'm getting ready to say by I I am not a wildlife biologist. Okay, uh, I'm just an idiot. I'm an idiot that likes to listen. I like to ask questions and I like to learn. And then I just regurgitate what super smart people tell me. So this epiphany just just recently about wild turkeys and someone was saying, well, would you shoot a Jake? And I'm like, no, yeah, you're damn right. I'm going to shoot a Jake. It's a turkey. And so so here, here's what's really interesting about the biology of wild turkeys. And, and I've had a lot of conversations with really smart people about this. So 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 turkeys are a lecking species. And basically what that means is is. For months prior to the breeding season, those birds, those animals are establishing a hierarchy of breeding. All right. And so if you've got this is an arbitrary number, if you've got 15 toms in a, in a, in a group, you might have three or four of those toms that are are, are are like breeding. Those are the breeding toms. And then they, they separate. And so you've got like the mature tom. He's done all the things. He's established himself. He is breeding. That is the breeding tom. If you shoot him during the season, those turkeys have to go back and reestablish. They have to go through that process again. It's not like Paul's the alpha. Uh, you shoot me, Eric, and just slide right in. They got to reestablish it with with Eric and Greg and Derek to see who's the best of those of those three. So if you shoot a Jake, those Jakes are not breeding. There's zero chance that they're going to breed for that year, probably the year after. Um, so it, you know, in the sense of like, what is what is promoting like that year? Like, what is what is keeping the breeding at its like it peak possibility? Shooting a Jake. I mean, if you shoot the mature Tom, like you are delaying the breeding process at that point, right? That's crazy if you think about it. So the the reason that people say stuff like, well, you know, the populations suck, and how dare you shoot a Jake, and and all of these things, that's because people are passionate about wild turkeys, and they want those turkeys to be there forever. And sometimes that passion gets in the way of facts. And I do it all the time, right? Like when I see people bow hunting turkeys and it just makes me mad, right? Like people will bow hunt with a guillotine and it, they take the head off the turkey and they put it on Instagram. And like immediately I'm just mad because my emotion is getting in the way of the fact that that turkey died within a, a split second. And there was, it was a super humane kill, right? But I don't like that for whatever reason. I just don't like it. But it's still a humane, legal way of doing things. So I have to tell myself, well, that's just your your personal bias getting in in the, in the way. It's not, you know, like fact. Like that was a super humane kill. So, you know, the, the shooting the Jakes, yeah, man. Like, dude, it, it, it's your tag. It's your hunt. Do it. You are not affecting the population of those turkeys. Like, honestly, you're probably doing less harm to the breeding cycle if you're taking a Jake than if you're out there with a freaking reaping fan pulling out that mature tom out of a field. The breeding tom. That's that's more impactful, biologically speaking, than shooting a Jake. Interesting. That's good ammunition for my response. Yeah. Because he uh, his response to me when I was like, it's your take, it's your hunt, yada, yada, normal stuff. He's like, oh, I remember I, when I was in high school. I'm like, well, I'll refrain myself from getting tit for tat here and going into the weeds with this person on social media. But my response wanted to be, well, it must not have been that long ago if you have a, like a clear memory of it. But I just said, well, that's neat. and And I'm like... You know, there's yeah. just trolls on the internet, and it's hard to to deal with when I know what we're trying to do, and and uh, when I don't know enough about something, it's a, an opportunity to learn and have an open mind because I'm like, oh, is that are we doing a are we doing a bad thing? Is that the wrong thing to promote? Like, is that going to create a problem 
is that detrimental? And I and I have conversations with people all the time. Like I can't tell you how many times I will literally just call Doug Duran and be like, Doug, someone said this. You know more about this than I do because you're older. No offense about your age. But yeah. can you help me understand? Doug. Yes. Like articulate to me like how this like when you think of like economics, you have to understand a lot of moving parts. It's it's like a, a large game of whack-a-mole. You hit this and that pops up. Like I sometimes lack the understanding of the bigger picture. And I'm like, well, what are the implications of this thing? What are the ripple effects that I'm not seeing that I can educate myself towards so I can become a good steward and make sure we're being responsible brand, company, entity, whatever. And if, and if we are doing wrong, like I would be the first to be like, oh, well, shit, probably shouldn't be doing that. Um, in this case, sounds like yeah. safe place to safe, safe space to play in. And, uh, you know, but game on, like, let's yeah. play ball here. It's fine. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the one thing too, that biologists will tell you, and it's, it's, I always love here, and, and, and this is any biologist, whether it be an academic uh, or an agency biologist, uh, you're like, well, you're shooting that Jake, you're taking him out of the breeding cycle next year. There's no guarantee that that turkey is going to make it through the winter, make it through you know, the, the starvation period for turkeys, you know, not be popped by a freaking owl in the roost. There's no guarantee that that turkey is going to be there next year. So, fire away, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and if you if you want to if you want to hate on me, that's that's fine, man. That's just that's just how I see the world. Say, Dude, I'm not I'm not above. Well, I'm above shooting a Jake at that point. Now, I'm I will like, draw the line at. A, oh, go ahead. I will draw the line at a bearded hen. Um, so like like in Ohio, you know, our average hen production is you know, two and a half poults per hen. Poults are a baby turkey. And so every hen uh, ideally will produce two and a half poults. Um, so like just for me, man, yeah, like a bearded hen, it's legal. All right. The rule in Ohio is a bearded turkey. Now check your regulations. Okay. Every state's different. Um, but that's our rule. And I won't kill it. It's like shooting three and a half turkeys with one shot, mm. you know? Um, so I think that's a biological impact. Uh, you know, that I'm just not willing to do. Um, you know, I met, I met a guy that, that has a Royal slam. We talked about those earlier of bearded hens. Hmm. That's super cool, man. I mean, that's pretty neat. I like you do, you, you do your thing now, fall Turkey hunting, different game, hundred percent going to shoot a hen. going to do it. Pull the trigger. Yeah. I purchased Turkey tags for like when I was in deer season. Cause I've always seen them when I'm hunting deer and I'm like, well, that'd be kind of fun. And I, and keep in mind, I know nothing about the species and I'm learning a ton from you right now. And spring is obviously very different, Good. and the seasonality of that obviously plays a role into like how you would, you know, what you would shoot. Um, and when I was out with Greg last spring, a hen, a hen came by, and he's like, well, "We can't shoot that one. We don't have a tag for that." I was like, "Oh, well, I just want to shoot a turkey." <laughs> so I was kind of like, "Yeah, well, damn it! Of course that's what shows up is the damn one I can't shoot. You gotta be kidding me." Um, yeah. But it's good to know these things. It's, it's helpful to know. But to my response to that guy, it could be more along the lines of like. Yeah, well, I don't know. I had a I had a response queued up in my head. Now I'm using you for my own advantage at this point. I'll have to come back and listen to it, see if I can refresh yeah. my memory. But like, there's no biological impact from shooting a Jake. I will tell you that. And I mean, they're not breeding, and there's no guarantee that they're going to be next year. You know, they're they're to breed. So turkeys are weird. I I learned so much. Well, you're every in time. It. You're in it. Yeah, the like, more you dive yeah. into it. Yeah, you're you're literally in it. Is there anything like, you know, um, the, there's the uh, Sam Soholt with uh, public land tees and the public land mm -hmm. uh, bus and all that stuff. He's got the the stamp it forward where he's 
taking these these duck stamps and uh you know you don't have to go duck hunting to i mean you can buy a duck stamp tag whatever and if i never duck hunt i still did good for the conservation of ducks and it sounds like those stamps do the most for conservation um in terms of like what you'd consider against other species and so i'll participate i'll buy them even though i won't even do it and i'm i feel good like yeah i did something for conservation is there is there anything like people can do as turkey hunters or people that are concerned about the turkey population health of the species throughout the country like similar to like the pay it for that sam has initiated is there other things that the nwtf is doing or that people can do to be good stewards of the species to ensure that it's around because I've, I've heard that nwtf has done such an incredible job of bringing the species back to like a really good place that's a that's a really that's a really good question and so so let's I'm gonna I'm gonna unpack this. Yeah, thanks. Uh, in 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 layers here, uh, if if you will. So let's let's talk about populations across across the country. And so, like I said, last year I was in 28 states for the National Wild Turkey Federation. Um, this year I'm I'm same thing. I'm gonna be in a bunch of them. And and when I travel around the country, I get I ask the question all the time: What's going on with the turkey populations? Yada yada yada. So once again, not a biologist, just ask the right questions, and I, and I learn. And and. Most of the country the last couple of years, so just take 18, 17, 18, 19, and then really uh, in some areas into 2020, we had really cold, wet springs. And so if you if you have to say, you know, is as humans, we want the easy the easy answer. Well, the turkeys are gone. What is it? And we want one answer, right? And so we perpetually put, you know, uh, a scapegoat up to say this is the this is it, this is the number one reason. And there's a dozen of them that we talk about as humans. The the biggest one is cold wet springs. A wild turkey poult cannot regulate its body temperature for the first two weeks of its life. So if it's you know here in Ohio, if it's 36 degrees after those turkeys have have hatched, and it rains for two days straight, you're gonna you that that poults per hen that we talked about that 2.5, it's gonna drop. Mm-hmm. Right, because those turkeys are—they're going to die. They—they—they they, they can't survive. So you add in—you add in cold wet springs. You add in uh, nest raiders, so uh, possums, snakes, raccoons. Which raccoons is the easy one? People are like, oh, uh, turkey population suck. Boom, raccoons or bobcats. <laughs> like the number two thing. Then the, you know, the the top two things that people talk about—they are a problem. They are just a, like a spoken wheel of shit that's trying to get a turkey. All right. And then you add us. You add in hunters. Uh, so, so one of the things that, that fascinates me, and I, I really like kind of the human aspect of hunting of all hunting, not just Turkey hunting. Uh, we, we've got States that, that last year, Alabama, you could kill five wild turkeys during the spring, five, that sounds like a lot. five this year. So Alabama, Mississippi, that has been kind of the epicenter of like, of, of Turkey decline, Arkansas into those regions. So why, why are you still allowing people to kill five turkeys? And there are people that are doing it because it's legal and they're doing, you know, and, and, and yeah, if you're going to give me five tags, state, do it, go. right? Like people are trigger happy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? So uh, the, we don't have the numbers. We don't have the numbers. We don't have the numbers. So their big, their big idea was to drop it to four. Well, they're so concerned about like hunter emotions and people getting angry that, that they, you know, these agencies, they're, they're nervous to, to do things that are right for the wild turkey. I'm, I commend our agencies here in Ohio. We had an issue, population, we could see a decline, those 2.5 per hen or 
Pulse per hen dropped below two, 1.5, something like that for a couple of years because of some really bad springs. They dropped our bag limit back to one. Preemptively, we've had two really good hatches the last couple of years, so things are starting to change. So, you know, population decline, it is an issue. Disease, hunters, predators, nest raiders, bobcats, all of these things. Weather, what, what, what cause, what's the issue? All of it. That's the answer. It's death by a thousand paper cuts. And so what you've had is you've had you've had people that, that they're passionate about wild turkeys. They want to see the decline. Well, it's, it's, it's raccoons or you know whatever it is. How can we help? And then and then you've got those people that are just like, I don't care, man. I'm just going to buy my tag. I'm going to buy my license. I'm going to shoot as many turkeys or try to shoot as many turkeys as the state wants, you know, allows me to. And that's also that's OK. Right. Um, you're allowed to do that. I think it, it, if you are if you were serious about wildlife conservation, whether it be ducks, deers, turkeys, elk antelope whatever it is moose it's at the point now that like you really need to consider you know the habitat loss that we have to to urban sprawl warehouses going up everywhere here in central ohio i can't drive down interstate 70 warehouses without, yeah yeah warehouses subdivisions all of that is a reduction in habitat we've got states uh i saw a comment in here uh, have you ever hunted northern new york i feel our birds are difficult uh, as well. I haven't hunted New York. I'm going there this year. Really looking forward to that. Uh, New York hasn't done a substantial timber harvest on their state forest in like 50 years because you can't cut trees, right? So these forests that in public lands, they age, they're not as beneficial to wildlife. You make these, these bigger like parkland forests, you know, like you go to the park and you can see for you know 500 yards, you don't have all that scrubby bull crap underbrush that deer and turkeys love. So you've got you've got these forests that are that have just like matured. They're beyond super, like creating yeah, an underbrush habitat. Yeah. 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 And so it's supercharged the ability of a predator to see turkeys because you don't have good cover. Uh, and so that's an issue. So there's all of these things um, you know, that are that are coming out turkey hunt. And and so is is turkey hunters or hunters in general, the more people that we have fighting for good stewardship of whatever animal we want to we want to protect and you know obviously we're talking about turkeys you know the more of us that are that are members of the national wild turkey federation the, the better it is you know, you're $35 yeah that goes a long way the number one thing is you know we can go and we can say okay in wisconsin what's more impactful eric if we say hey we're national wild turkey federation or or you know uh, national deer association we've got 500 members in our state and we're upset about what you're doing we go and say, hey, we got 75,000 people that live in your state that are concerned about some of the things. This is what, you know, this. So those numbers matter. All right. That's the biggest thing. Numbers like, yeah. matter. Um, and we all know that. If you're in business, you understand that. The more engagement you have, the more powerful your, your brand or your, uh, you know, the work that you're doing is. And so as turkey hunters, it's $35 a year to be a member of the National Wild Turkey Federation. So if you're a turkey hunter, join the NWTF. If you're a quail hunter, Join Quail Forever, Pheasants Forever, Ducks Unlimited, Delta Waterfowl, National Deer Association. Man, jump into these conservation organizations because, yeah, you're $35. It does things. But the fact that you are a member, that speaks volumes when we go to state agencies and we go to the federal government. You know, you know, we can we can leverage those resources that are there, um, you know, with impact. Right. And, you know, so so that's that's the one thing I think that people really need to, to take for like to take seriously the, the the days of you know just buying your tagging license for deer hunting or turkey hunting or ducks or whatever it may be those days are over 
because of the stresses and the stressors that these these animals are facing, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of need for 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 efficient wildlife conservation in this country. It's never been more imperative. And so, you know, the mission of the Wild National Wild Turkey Federation has never been more imperative than it is now. This organization has been around for 50 years, you know, through the volunteers, through the members, through the state agencies, the trap and transfer, you know, the mission of this of that of the NWTF when it was started was to reestablish um, good huntable populations in all of the states that could could handle wild turkeys. It's 49 states. And they did that. The members of that organization, the employees accomplished that. And I want to say like the late nineties. Mm. So all of those populations were reestablished. And now, so here we are 23 years later, we're seeing some decline. We're seeing, you know, carrying capacity, which is how many, you know, animals can a, can a landscape hold, uh, you know, is declining. So there's a lot of things that are going on. So, so the mission has never been more imperative and it is, it is a mission. It is, it is a member focused organization and it is such, it, it is, it's $35. Here, here's one thing that just blew my mind, man. When I heard about this is that the 10% of turkey hunters in this country are members of the National Wild Turkey Federation. 10%. That's it, man. 10%. And so if if that was 95%, I can't tell you the impact that collectively we would all have on this animal. So that's one thing that you can do. Be a member. Be active in your chapters. Help raise money. Help do volunteer work. Help do outreach. Help bring kids and, and adults into the, into the pursuit of turkey hunting, deer hunting. The more of us that are doing it, the more money that's coming into this pursuits that we love. Um, Mossy Oak has started a, a conservation stamp. I want to say it's like 15 or 20 bucks. You get a really cool stamp. And that's money that Mossy Oak gives to organizations uh, to, to fund research, to fund outreach events, to fund dollars in the dirt operations. Man, that's all stuff that like it just adds up. It adds up over time. Uh, it's, it's really hard to, you know, I, I, I drive around and I meet with people and they're like, well, you know, what about the turkeys in Arkansas? Why aren't we doing any research projects in Arkansas? Well, one, we have to have approval from the state agencies. We're going to have, you know, someone from a university to do the, you know, we can't just go in and say, <laughs> Hey, we're going to do a turkey research project in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work that way. All right. <laughs> the North American model of wildlife conservation does not operate that way. There's channels, there's things that we have to do. Uh, you know, to go through. So we own the wildlife. We as, as, as residents of this great country, uh, it is entrusted, you know, the, the care and the management and the, and the law enforcement of those of, of wildlife, of all wildlife is, is entrusted to, you know, to our government. So if you didn't know that, uh, and Steve Rinella has a really cool video where he explains the North American model of conservation better than I ever could. And it's like two minutes. And so understanding that, understanding how wildlife conservation works in this country is imperative. If you are nervous about turkey populations in your area, do the research, join the NWTF, you know, just really, really start to focus and be involved in the wildlife community that we have in each state. You know, here in Ohio, we have the Wildlife Council. It's a council they meet once a month, third Wednesday of every month. They are the group that manages the state, okay? So these are appointed by the governor. They manage the rules and regulations. They tell the, you know, the, the Department of Natural Resources, these are the laws that we're going to allow you to enforce. So you, you can, be, I've, I've spoken at them. I, sp I go all the time. Um, every state has something like that. So be active. If you're frustrated, if you're nervous, if you're scared, be active in the, in the, in the systems that we have. That was a, that was a long answer. That's, Sorry. No, that's a good soapbox. I mean, that's kind of what I was asking for. I wanted to learn more. I want to know how to do, do how to like invest in it to some degree. I mean, monetarily or otherwise, like, what do you, how do you, to the people that have the complaint, like the guy, like, Oh, you're, you're doing detriment. Like, well, am I? Cause if I'm a member and I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Like, 
by the way, I'm doing all these other things. Like, you know, people on the internet, there's no context around. Uh, I'm trying to keep pushing all these damn buttons on my screen. Sorry. Um, yeah, here we are. We're finally level set. Anyway, no valid points. Good, good soapbox. Um, quite the quite the pitch. I feel like I'm gonna go buy one after I get off the phone with you here, and uh, I feel like a number of people are probably doing it right now. It's like the 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 big daddy is a big daddy speech where he's like in the courtroom and suddenly everyone starts calling their dads. Like, it's that. Oh yeah, to buying. apologize. Yeah, 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 dad. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's like, but now they're all just buying NWTF uh, memberships. All, all, all uh, <laughs> oh, five listeners so. that are left. We started with like thirty listeners. We're down to five. We just uh, that maybe that actually killed it. Maybe now everyone's like, "F this, I'm out." Yeah, maybe they didn't. <laughs> may, uh, maybe they didn't like my soapbox as much as uh, as much as we thought. So yeah, it's cool. Or they're on their phones buying. Or they're on the yeah. They, I gotta go. I gotta go buy this membership. tag. Yeah, or this uh, membership. No, that's cool. And and NWTF puts on NWTF like the the big trade show right at the beginning of the year. When is that? February. Yeah, the convention. Yeah, it's the week of Valentine's Day every year in Nashville, Tennessee. That is a great event. Seems like it. Uh, ton of fun. Man. I heard it. Ton of fun. I heard it over doubled in size from uh, this year to last year. Is that true? Oh man, it was it was insane. So we we uh, you know the people that showed up, the vendors, the um, you know the just the hunters that were coming in. Uh, man, it it would beat every metric that you could possibly have. The passion was high. The excitement was high. Numbers were up. Um, you know, it's the 50th year. A lot of the COVID restrictions were gone from yeah. 2022 and, and, and some of the, some of those issues. So it was the biggest, it was the biggest convention that, that we've ever had. That's cool. To hear, man. Midwest racks and rods outdoors. More hunters need to get active and involved instead of just complaining, man. That's right. Yeah, they really do be active. That's, that's all I can tell you. I'm surprised no one called in to hackle you. I am too. I'm shocked. They're, they're- Someone, someone called my personal phone. I don't know who that was because I my phone is not near me, and I don't know if you did you hear that ringing a while back when you were talking. Did I it, did. Oh yeah, no, I heard it. Yep. You, yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good thing because that means if someone did call in, you'd hear them. <laughs> so because there's concerns yeah. that that doesn't always work. So if you do want to call in, I mean we're we're rolling over an hour here. Uh, if we want to take a call, two six two seven five seven forty one twenty two, old school radio style, call into the show. Share your thoughts, comments. If you have questions or a turkey story, we'll be happy to take it real quick here. Uh, if not, we'll just kind of keep rolling for a little bit longer. But um, how do people find some of the things you're into? Because you have you have this new entity. Um, you have the Turkey Podcast. You have the O2. Like, can you just tell people how to get access to the things that you're doing and, and where you can point them? Yeah, so I mean, the you're talking about like the podcast and, and all, all that of stuff. It. You like got all sorts and, of shit going. Okay, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dump it out, man. Empty that bag. Oh man, yeah. No, I, I, I do, man. So, so the the podcast you can find on all platforms that you listen to podcasts. Uh, the O2 podcast is is in Ohio. It's an Ohio focused show, but it's nationally relevant. It's it's same thing. We got Andrew and I do an episode, and we've got a guest that comes on, uh, and 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 you know makes us not sound like idiots. Um, so we do a ton of deer hunting content. I think that's our listeners definitely like the deer hunting content. You can tell by the downloads, uh, deer sells, man. Uh, but it's, that's been a great, I mean, we're, we're almost at two, two years. Uh, we're coming up on our two year anniversary. So that's been, that's been a ton of fun. The how to hunt Turkey podcast, same thing. It's on all platforms. Uh, I, I have, um, I think the best way to learn to do anything, uh, in hunting is, is storytelling. And so I really like that the um, the guests that I have on, I have some of the 
best turkey hunters, have some of the brightest minds and wild turkey research uh, on the show. And we just talk and we ask questions. I ask questions and 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 you know, get them talking and and telling teaching through their personal experiences uh in in the woods so that's that's it's been that's been a ton of fun uh the response has been really really neat what's really cool is that is that the is the you know the listeners that communicate with me on instagram or go wild or tiktok whatever it may be and now they're sending me pictures hey man listen to your podcast just kill my first turkey this year yeah like, oh, I, I freak out man i get so excited every time that time that happens so that's been a ton of fun uh so so the instagram for for those shows uh the.o2.podcast um the h2ht podcast how to hunt turkeys podcast me personally is paul campbell 322 on instagram also on go wild to search paul campbell uh the new one that i'm, I'm diving into eric and i'm not as good as or uh you know as, as you guys is is tiktok i've had some fun videos uh mm-hmm. that have gone up that's been that's been pretty neat but uh the new the new passion project is, is has been turkeyseason.com um that's kind of that's that that website is evolving i wanted to get it live this year just to get it up and running get talking about it this is the logo hat right here little turkey little walking tom um it's it's evolving there's a lot of information you know going on to this website that you know unfortunately it's just there's so much data going into it that you know it'll it'll be really beneficial to people next year just in regards to like regulations and uh and, and hunting tips and strategies and some really good content i got some people sending me content right now kind of highlighting and sharing some content there uh so that's been really that's been a, a ton of fun uh, a lot of people, you know, people are engaging We people buying turkey calls. You can get turkey calls for sale there. We got some gear, bunch of hats. Uh, we got some shirts coming. So it's just, a, it's just a brand. It's just a, I, it's, I want it to be kind of like the, the, the online hub, both culturally and knowledge based, you know, for, for turkey hunters, uh, you know, going forward. And that's a lot, man. That's a lot to ask. It's a lot to get to. And, and so it's evolving, but I'm, I'm happy with where we're at right now great articles up there i got like i've written a couple there's a there's an article from some guys uh, team wingbone from louisiana man just great talking about the culture of their family and the history of their family and turkey hunting uh and 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 that's something that fascinates me the culture of of turkey hunting and turkey hunters that's something that i really i really enjoy so yeah it's a cool website check it out it's you know if you I did an interview with Philip Culpepper and he talked about, you know, you, if you, you can't figure out that you can get turkey hunting content at turkeyseason.com, you need to go back to school. So <laughs> there you go. That's all I got. No, I, thank you. And turkeyseason.com is a great website. I think we even had our podcast up on there, which I was really uh, humbled to see. And I thought that was pretty cool. But I'm going to interrupt myself because we, yeah, you guys are, what was I yeah. say? we have a caller. So um, it looks like oh my gosh. The naming is never always accurate. So caller ID says it's Zachary Church. I might be wrong, but uh, it looks like you might be from Virginia. Is this Zach? Are you, you're live on the show? Hey, yes, sir. It is Zach. Sweet. And uh, Paul, you can hear him? Yes, I can. Zach, how are you, man? All right, let it rip. Hey, I'm unstoppable. How are you, Paul? Good, man. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Hey, no problem. That's what uh, he said. He didn't want somebody to call in and heckle you, but uh, you were putting out so much good information. I didn't want to call and interrupt. Oh, thank you, man. Have you have you no, have you been turkey hunting in Virginia yet? Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, down here in Virginia, we opened up uh, second weekend of April, and I got to go opener for my first time. So I'm starting out turkey hunting a lot later in life. 
but I got to go my first time and I was with two other guys that got birds. And then I went yesterday and called in my first turkeys. I didn't kill them, but I called in two separate turkeys. <clears throat> Very cool, man. How, how excited were you when those, when those toms came in and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is how this is supposed to work. Uh, yes, that's, it's, it's different. I'm a diehard deer hunter, but, uh, talking to the animal and getting to move and run and gun was just it's a whole new element i'm a very active guy so it's hard for me to sit still anyway um and that was just a sweet element of it so we went in and i did a hoot owl just with my regular mouth and it sounded awful and it fired all like i had probably three or four on the roost fired up as soon as we were walking in um we set up uh the ridge across from them and i talked the first one into flying across the ridge to me and i seen him flying through the trees and then he landed on the, I'm in the Appalachian mountains down here in Virginia. I don't even know oh, if y'all wow. can understand my Southern accent, but, um, he, uh, he flew to my Ridge and then he ended up working his way up and around us. And then we shot down the road and tried to cut up, cut him off. And he went to a different Ridge after that, but I talked him into flying across the Ridge. So I was super pumped on that. That was right after daybreak. No, that's, that's cool, man. That's, that's a, that's a good, that's a good story. And I, I hope that, uh, you know, whatever your definition of success for turkey hunting is, I hope you get to experience it uh, this year, man. And and it's always neat when they put on a show. That's the that's the best part of turkey hunting for me is when they come in and they're just fighting back but, and forth and and making you work for. It. That's the that's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, he was he was until for the longest time. And like I said I'm pretty I'm pretty green on all this, but I mean we were talking back and forth like all morning, and it was about thirty minutes after daylight. I think he flew over. And he didn't fly over until I gave him like the, my buddy called it the silent treatment. So you made him more <laughs> curious than anything. So I was quiet for about five minutes and I think it fired him up enough to fire, you know, fly across and try to find her. <clears throat> the second one I called in, we would loop her back around the ridge because we couldn't find that one to try to cut him off. And we were cold calling and had one gobble way down in a holler. And then he never answered again, but we kept working down the ridge and was calling. And when I say ridges, like these are pretty, we're, we're, these are up here. These are some steep mountains. And, um, we, we cold called a couple more times. He never gobbled again. We were like, well, I, he went off, you know, he was just shot gobbling or something crazy. And this was at like nine in the morning. And then he fired off like 300 yards from us. And we figured out he was coming to us the whole time. He just, we didn't know he was, he showed up cause he was moving. And, uh, so we just sat down right where we were at and, uh, he ended up, we watched him work over the knoll and he come to a flat and, uh, was strutting back and forth for about 20 minutes as I was calling to him. And he was just waiting for that hen, you know, that he thought was there to come down there. And he was with another hen, but he stopped and strutted for about 20 minutes in a flat. And he was right at like 70 yards and the shotgun I have can't do that. So I didn't take the shot, even though I had him in the bead. Uh, I wanted to be ethical about it. And then he ended up working around the ridge. I think he got fed up, but it was, my definition of success was, has already been filled yesterday. So just being able to do that and experience that and, uh, and calling them in talking to them and then being with those other guys, good friends of mine I work with, um, when they kill birds on opener day and just getting to be a part of it was, was sweet. That was good enough. Congrats, dude. That's yeah, man. That's what a, what a good story, man. And, and, and good and good for you for having the, you know, the, the woodsmanship and the, and the, and the, the awareness to not do something, you know, pulling that trigger at 70 yards, uh, you know, knowing, knowing you're set up and, and, and yeah, good, good for you, man. Cause a lot of people, even seasoned Turkey hunters, let, let that stuff get the best of them. So is that good for you, man? 
Yeah, and cool, cool. Good job to get him to, uh, to fly down towards you too. I think that that for me would be a win for sure. Like seeing, being hunting is the win. And then the bonus is like getting eyes on something or making something happen or getting an affirmation that, hey, I did something correct here. It worked. And then obviously the, the double bonus is if you can make it happen. Um, but that those are all bonuses. Absolutely. Not, not yeah, not the, the experience itself is like, you, you nailed it right in the head, man. Good job. Yeah, I appreciate it. And that's what I'm excited for you to go this year. I know y'all's tag system up there is a lot uh, is a lot different than ours. Um, we just get we get three tags a year for turkey. Um, if you don't use any in the fall um, while you're deer hunting, then you get all of them in the spring. So <clears throat> that's the way it works for us. Which I don't plan on killing three. I'd, I would like to get obviously my first one, and then if I get enough chance, maybe get a second one. But. uh yeah, that's what, and then maybe if I can get my kids in the woods, that'd be cool too. So, but I just want to call in. I don't want to keep y'all, I don't want to stay on the phone too long, but. No, appreciate uh, the call. Thank I you. I appreciate what y'all are doing. And, yeah, I sent you. Yeah, I think Zach, I thank you, man. Thanks for the call. Last night. Uh, yeah, I think, okay. So it, it came through and then it got deleted and it came through again. I'll, I'll check back on that. Thanks for bringing that to my attention. Oh, you're good. You're good. That was my fault. Uh, I, my name on Instagram is like FitCop or something like that. So the. It's a little different on there, but I send you all and tag you on all kinds of crazy stuff. Appreciate it. It's always good to get uh, a name to the voice or to the handle. There's a lot of Instagram pages. I don't know who the hell anybody is, but I know their handles. <laughs> so it's good to hear from you, man. Thanks for the call. Yeah, that's, that's it. I'm the, I appreciate it. I'm also the one that shot that choke out of my barrel. I called you all before season yeah, started. Yeah, that was cool. I, yeah, I remember that. No, that's good stuff. Thanks, man. You have a good night. Yeah, that's – you all too. Thank you all. Good, Zach. I'm the worst radio host ever because real radio people just like drop calls. Like they make it so natural and I suck it. I always just want to keep people on. Cause I feel like, well, I don't want to end the conversation. So yeah. I never hang up on people, but yeah, it's all right. No, that was cool, man. That's a, that's a, that's a neat feature. Yeah. Yeah. The so. comments have been coming through. We saw, we've seen a lot of those. We've responded to most of them. I put them up on the screen. Got at least a caller. That's always nice. And it's uh, one thing that I, I like to have the two-way dialogue with our listeners while real time while we're doing this stuff, which is why we try to do the same time, same day, do the live thing. If it weren't for that, I wouldn't do the live thing. I would just do this behind the scenes and we could chop it up however we want. But this this gives it a nice uh, a nice feel, right? We get to hear from people real time. Yeah, it it does. We had Brett Brett Morris chiming in. Wow, what a good show, man! I had I had a ton of fun. You're awesome at this, man. You're, like it's that. always good to talk to a fellow podcaster. You're good. You're you're a good host on your show. Uh, we've podcasted. Thank you, man. A handful of times now, so um, you're always welcome here anytime. And anytime you're in Wisconsin, we just have to have you come in studio and, and do a do a podcast in person with us. Yeah. Oh man, that would be that would that would be a, an absolute blast. So, I you know I don't know how much how much longer you want to let me yak and get on my soapbox uh, on this. So. There's there's a there's an author. His name is Colonel Tom Kelly. And if you're a turkey hunter, you're listening to this. You probably know who who he is. So, um, he's just he's a he's an old school. He's in his 90s. I want to say maybe 97, 96, something like that. But he he really captures um, you know kind of that cultural you know aspect you know the human aspect of hunting eric that that you know that we talked about earlier and and this was his 10th legion was the first book that he ever wrote it came out in 1973 and it is just it's something that i read it before every turkey season you know a, a lot of guys in the in the in the turkey hunting world read it talk about it 
it's just a very uh, you know impactful piece of piece of literature. And and there's I want to I want to leave your listeners with with this. And you have to forgive me. I'm gonna put my my reading glasses on because I'm getting old, Eric. I'm 40. Can you believe that? But so this is this <laughs> is a passage from 10th Legion, and it's it's one of those that you know, as, as, as you age as hunters, you know, Tom, Tom Kelly talks about it and a lot, and a lot of hunters talk about the phases that you go through as, as a hunter. When you first start hunting, you want to kill everything. You want to learn everything and, yeah. and do all these yeah. things and you're gun ho. And then, and then as you, as you get older and more seasoned and have more successes that you get to that level where you're like, you start enjoying hunting with your kids or hunting with your friends, or maybe, you know, the deer won that day or the turkey won that day. And then, and as you, as you get into that third stage of, as, as a hunter, you enjoy watching other people have success and helping other people learn. And so this is, this is, we talked about, you know, Zach talked about, you know, on that call about, you know, he didn't kill a turkey didn't pull the trigger, but he got to see him come down. He got to say, called in his first Turkey, man, that's a big thing. And, and the one thing that I want people to understand, especially with Turkey hunting, it's okay when the turkeys win, all right, they're allowed to win every once in a while. And by when, they walk back into the woods and you walk out at the same weight that you went in. Right. And so this, this is a passage that I really like in this book and it's, 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 it's really funny. So I'm going to, I'm going to read this from you or to you, Eric, if you don't mind. And this is uh, it's from, from Colonel Tom's Kelly, 10th Legion uh, killing turkeys is fun, but there's a far more satisfying feeling in driving home, drinking the last cup of coffee you have saved from daylight and knowing he is still out there in the early sun feathers gleaming as if he were freshly oiled light, and quick and wild rather than a bundle of meat and feathers stiffening on the floor in the back seat. But only if he has whipped you squarely, only if you have exerted every grain of skill, every trick of tactic played every card you have and lost. I learned it then. And I have never forgotten it. I have it now once and for all upon the few occasions I get up there again. If I ever do, I will know how to enjoy it and to revel in its rarity. So that's, that's it, man. And that's just such a simple, simple few sentences where man, with Turkey hunting, there are moments that I've had interactions and I've had back and forth with wild turkeys and I didn't even get a chance to pull a trigger. They didn't get close enough or, or I chased them off or scared them off, whatever it may be. And I walk out of the woods with the biggest smile on my face, like, Oh my God, that was freaking amazing. And so, you know, people, as you're getting into turkey hunting or just hunting in general, enjoy the moments that you have in the woods with, you know, with yourself, with your friends, with your family, enjoy the interactions that you have. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a gift. It's a, it's a treasure that we get to hunt. It's special. Don't ever forget that. That's all I got. Oh, that was really good. That's a life lesson. That's not just a hunting lesson. That's like you, you appreciate the team that you put it all on the field with and they were a worthy component and competitor. And as long as you did everything you possibly could and left it all on the field and you lost, well then it's, it doesn't sting as bad because then you know that they were literally the better team. You only want to compete with the things that are actually going to challenge you so you can appreciate yeah. the game. Like it's like I say the game, I mean like if, if the Turkey was a worthy component on that hunt and they won, that's a good feeling, especially if you tried your best. You mean yeah, like that awesome. was a really, really cool yeah. way to depict that. Like it's almost better that that bird is out there because he freaking, you didn't get the job done. It shouldn't be something you hang your head about. Yeah. It should be something you go, wow, that was a really cool battle or, you know, whatever game, whatever yeah. you call it. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, you know, when, when, you know, those, those turkeys, when, you know, the definition of success for, for all of us is, you know, putting our hands on a dead animal. Like that's, that's why we're there, man. That's what's fun, you know? 
But there are those moments that it's just like, man, that guy, that freaking turkey kicked me in the face <laughs> for four hours. Good for you, man. You keep doing what you need to do, my friend. Yeah, I dig it. Well, with that, we'll uh, we'll uh, I'll play some music here. We'll bring it down for. So that's the wrong thing. That sounds really pleasant. I think I got some music here somewhere. It's like Disney music. <laughs> My daughter <laughs> likes that one. No, thanks for tuning in to the OK Center podcast. Paul Campbell, um, business. What are you, the the director of business development at NWTF, among other things? Yeah, direct. Yeah, director of development, National Wild Turkey Federation. Yeah, turkeyseason.com. Turkeyseason.com. Find me there, buddy. O2 podcast co-host, the man of many hats. You wear them all very well. You got the camera one on now. But thanks for joining us, folks. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for commenting. Tune in next week. We'll be back here in studio doing our thing, probably with a glass full of bourbon. And, uh, yeah, I'll end the, the live broadcast. But thanks for, for listening. Thank you, guys.